Opportunity is not equally distributed. To every black entrepreneur listening, I want to make sure you have the tools and resources you need to grab your next opportunity. That's why I'm telling you about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of six million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and an extended free Shopify trial. Shopify has made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says... The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Chart your own path for business success with the one million black businesses initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive 120 day free trial at Shopify.com slash one MBB, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash one MBB. Shopify.com slash 1MBB. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's not even about the success. It's about a 35-year journey to be in a position to do exactly what it is that you love. My name is Datavio Samuels, and welcome to The Black Print, where I sit with the innovators disruptors, and change makers, laying the groundwork for the next generation of cultural leaders. This is The Black Friend. My man, D, nice. (laughs) Thank you for coming, brother. Excited to be here. It's been a busy weekend, too. It's been a crazy weekend, so I know you were super busy, so thank you for making the time, brother. It's it's great, though. You know, just just flew in from... um, I was out in Cannes. Um, How was Cannes? I know I should have gone this year. It was year. beautiful, man. It was beautiful, yeah. Everybody the was blackity, blackity yeah. party. <laughs> but the gym was so hot. Okay. Like, honestly, I've been here before, but this was, like, one of the best parties to, like, watch, like, all of our favorite people, like Issa and, like, oh, dope. Bose and, like, everyone just dancing and, like, feeling good. And, um, so I need you to do me a favor. Next year, I need you to hold me accountable to make sure that I show up All with right, you. I got to make sure you Yeah, yeah, just on some brother stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man, I'm excited to talk to you. I think, um, I mean, it's a couple of things. One, you and I have had relationship for quite some time, but yes. never got to do a conversation like this. So I'm, I'm excited to learn even more about your story. And then on the other side, I just think that you, you know, a lot of people talk that there's this quote that it takes 20 years to become an overnight success. Yes. I think there's a lot of people who think you are overnight success and people 
don't know that, bro, you are like, <laughs> when you want to talk hip hop, you got to go all the way back to 1985, right? So yes, I want to yes. do all of those things in this conversation. I want to show people that you are a multi-hyphenate rapper, photographer, DJ, producer. You've done it all, right? So I've actually done it all, man. But uh, one, I want to go back and say um, I'm, I'm actually equally ex as excited to have this conversation with Thank you. You, you know, it's long overdue. I have nothing but love and respect for you, and I, I love watching the way you move in your entire career. Thank you, brother. You know, and, um, and then as far as, like, like the, the whole hip-hop conversation is, like, yeah, this is a 35-year journey. Exactly. To, to, to be... It's not even about the success. It's about a 35-year journey to be in the position to do exactly what it is that you love. Mm. Like, I've never felt more free in my life. Mm. You know, like, I've always felt like um, the things that I would do in my career was always based on trying to make someone else happy. Mm. So even as a DJ, like, I played music because, hey, the, the promoter was hiring me, and it's the kind of vibe you wanted. Or when I was in the group with KRS, you know, I made a certain type of beats because that's what he wanted to rap over. Mm. This was like... Now, in my age, man, and as long as I've been in the business, I've never felt more free and more comfortable to just be me. And I it's love just that. beautiful to be in this position. I love that. Do you think that's an age thing or an era thing? I feel like, like era, E-R-A, I feel like more and more as I'm having conversations with friends, more, of a, more and more of us are feeling that way. Like, I not only get to be myself, I get paid to be myself. True. And, and people actually value me showing up as myself in the ways that they have never done before. Do you think that's, like, a part of this moment that we're in? Or do you think that's just, you know, 40-something years of building? I think it's um, I think it's a combination of both. I mean, we were, we went through a very difficult time, all of us, during you know when we we all lost everything. Yeah. You know, we we all, all had to stay at home. Yeah. Unless you lived in Atlanta or Miami. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for the most part, you you stayed at home. Yeah. And, like we had no no um, no way of like really communicating with each other unless it was just virtual or um, you know that was it. Um, so I think like part of even with what I was experiencing during that time of like, of, of COVID, it was the first time that I had ever released everything. Like it didn't mm -hmm. matter to me because when I, when I was at home and I, and, um, you know, you work years to, to build things, to, to, to collect things, whether it's like mm -hmm. records or whatever it is that you love, mm -hmm. or I, I like art and I, but I never even bought art in my own home. Okay. When I was sitting at home, <laughs> the very first day when the lockdown happened and I was sitting in a place that I lived in by myself and I was like, man, I spent all of these years traveling the world DJing and I didn't like my home. Mm. I didn't like myself. I didn't like the life that I had. Mm. And then I had to just let go. And, and I realized that the life that I wanted was based on the things that other people wanted me to do. You know, mm. it was based on whether it was DJing or traveling, you know, photography. It was all about other people. And this was the first time when I sat at home where I, I it was before I even went live, I, I was just like, yo, I, this, this can't be life, you know mm -hmm, what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you know, sitting at home and, you know, I'm single and like, you know, I was married before, but like, yo, yeah. I'm single and I've been yeah. single for seven years because I'm constantly traveling and the world stopped yeah. and you're all alone. Yeah. It's the worst feeling ever. Yeah. And somehow you managed to power up and... Uh, turn on the ones and twos and entertain the entire world. I want to know what the thought process was before that moment, right? You're the first one that says, I'm going to use IG Live as a platform, and then the world shows up for you. Everybody from Sean Combs to the Obamas to yes. literally everybody shows up. What was the thought process that told you, 
I'm gonna turn, I'm gonna turn on my camera and just play. The thought process was, was all based on um, me. It, it started the night before. It didn't even start that morning. It started the night before with a gentleman who used to play in the NBA, um, Jimmy Jackson. Mm -hmm. Jimmy and I, we smoked cigars together. And we just sitting in the cigar spot, like really trying to figure out, like, yo, what are we gonna do for three weeks? Neither one of us ever had three weeks off. Okay. So, what do you do for three weeks? And you know, he was talking about working on his his commentating, and I was like, you know what? I got this feature on Instagram called Live. You know, um, I'm just gonna go live and tell some stories. Like I didn't want to DJ. It wasn't about, mm. you know, it wasn't about um, playing music for people. It was really about. I want to go on and I want to tell some stories to my friends mm. about songs that I produced. So initially it wasn't called Club Quarantine, it was called Homeschool. Because right. we were all stuck at home. Right, right. I was like, all right, let me educate people on, on some of the records that they didn't even know that I produced because I had no credit on it. And I would play it, then I would play the original sample. No turntable, strictly with my laptop. And I just watched people come in and like, mm. yeah, they were just having a great time with me sharing these stories. And, you know, I... Um, that day felt, I felt fulfilled. Like I didn't feel lonely. You know, like I felt like I saw my friends, I saw Chuck Bone, mm. you know, Puff was in there. Like yeah, we were just yeah. all having fun. We were all at home doing nothing. Right. And, uh, and it, 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 I just felt like I was addicted to it mm. because I felt like I saw what was happening. Like I saw it happening. I was like, wait, this is a way to stay connected. Mm -hmm. Like this actually feels, it's weird. But it feels real. Like right, it feels right. like real we're community. really there together. Like, yeah. You know, I'm still playing the same music that I would play if I was in like a hip hop club, not like party style, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know, if we were doing like some old school vibe, you know, I, these are records that I would play. And um I was like, wow, this is interesting. And then um I did it again and, and uh by the third day I I played music for like nine hours from just my laptop and like it felt like a party and it was like, I, it was learn as you go, mm -hmm. which is so crazy because John Legend and I started at the same time doing this. Like, he would get on his piano okay. and play, and I would just tell stories. Okay. And then one day I called, I called, like, day two I called him. I was like, no, day three I called him. I was like, John, yo, no, day two. I was like, John, yo, can we go live together mm -hmm. so you could talk to the fans? But we didn't know, like, going live would actually tell, it would notify other people that you were going live with someone. Because... This was all new to all of us. Brand new, yeah. And then I saw like the numbers jump from like 280 to like 6,000. And I was like, oh, this is, oh, this is what's happening. Because I'm a tech guy. So <laughs> I knew exactly what was going on. I was like, wow, this is interesting. And I became addicted to that part. So, and um, yeah, by like day three or four, man, I started calling my friends up, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, luckily for me that I, I um, you know, I've, I've DJ for everyone, as you know, man, like. You know, this is definitely not an overnight thing. Yeah. My relationships are really deep. I've DJ for the Obamas, which is how Michelle was on there, yeah. was because I called and, and, you know, I felt like something magical was happening, not for my career, but, in, but for people, because I kept reading the comments that people were leaving about how this was saving their lives, you know, and they feel so inspired and feel like they're in a dark place, but like being in this conversation is mm -hmm. great. They feel connected. And I called, and I was like, I spoke to their assistant. I was like, hey, I got, like, you know, this is a weird thing, but, like, I'm, I have a party on the phone. You know, can, 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 I didn't even want, I didn't even want, you know, the, you know, the forever first lady to jump in. I was really trying to get, like, Sasha or Malia, okay, okay. like, someone younger. Because it was this. Opportunity is not equally distributed. 
To every black entrepreneur listening, I want to make sure you have the tools and resources you need to grab your next opportunity. That's why I'm telling you about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and an extended free Shopify trial. Shopify has made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says... The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Chart your own path for business success with the one million black businesses initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive 120 day free trial at Shopify.com slash one MBB all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash one MBB. Shopify.com slash 1MBB. Instagram, like, sure, you know, sure. like, and then, um, no, then, then the queen came in. Yeah. And that, and that was a moment that kind of, like, changed it for everyone. Yeah. You know, like, like, people felt inspired. They felt like they were in the same room. You know, we've never felt that close to a first lady where you can say something and she would respond. She was in there. I mean, we've done multiple IG lives together since then, but like she was in there, you know, communicating with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and and, you know, and because of my relationships, other people notified, you know, the, the Bidens and this one, and they all came in. And you know, to me, the story of this virtual club quarantine isn't about the music. It's about being kind to people. Mm. None of this happens if I wasn't kind to people mm-hmm, mm-hmm, with no agenda. Mm-hmm. What it did was you have, and we've, we've, we've had a lot of these conversations on the show, but it's like we've talked a lot about the power of relationships. And you have always been, you know, your favorite DJ's favorite DJ, your favorite celebrity's favorite DJ. But I don't think everyone knew that truth. And yeah. so when you're the one, when you pull us all into a room together, it's like, oh, this is the man who has built community without even knowing that you know you were building a uniting community. One question that I have for you is, um, you said that in doing it, it, it was saving people's lives. I want to match it up against where you were the night before, where it sounds like you weren't in a good place, right? COVID hit you. Did it help save your life as well? Like, it sounds yeah, like you were no, kind of like sure. in a darkest place, and then you're now all of a sudden you're in a party, and that party is not just helping other people. My question is, was it helping you? The thing about no, it definitely saved my life, you know. Like, and I'm I'm always transparent with it, and I think that's part of why the community follows me the way that they do yeah. because I'm very transparent. Like, look, I've done well in my life, man. I've always had like nice car too, you know, lived nice in a nice too. place. Like, I've always been that way, man. You know, like I I worked hard, you know, and um, but in that one moment of like trying to figure out life and seeing all of those things didn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, like. I couldn't get to my kids, you know mm. what I mean? Like, I couldn't protect my kids. Mm. 
the one thing that you, you know, just as a man or as a parent, you know, you want to do, you want to be able to provide, you know, um, none of none of what I had saved up mattered. Mm-hmm. I couldn't buy food. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they broke into every grocery store. Mm-hmm. So I had, like, no food at home. I literally had nothing, bro. Like, well, let me not say literally. I bought, like, protein bars and lima beans. I never made lima beans in my life, man. <laughs> like, that's literally that was all that was available. You know what I mean? Like, like, like it I'm was, figure it out. It was like the wild, wild west, bro. Like, Armageddon for real. Like, yeah. so I, it was very humbling, mm. you know. And, you know, when I say that um, the community saved my life, it's not even just based on, like, somebody coming to a show or something like that. It is literally about, well, there are multiple things. And not a lot of black DJs doing what I do because we've never seen it. Describe doing what you do. In terms of, you know, I can do a Hollywood Bowl or I can do, you know. Ibiza. <laughs> well, when does this air? Uh, I know you're going to edit this part. July, yeah, yeah. Like July, August. Oh, so then I can say this okay. now. Okay. Yeah, I have, you know, there are not a lot of black DJs doing what I do in terms of, like, performing in certain venues, you know. So, you know, I sold out a you know, Hollywood Bowl, you know. I just announced that, you know, I have Club Quarantine live at Carnegie Hall. Amazing. You know, like, there are not a lot of us that yeah. are able to say things like that, Absolutely. you know. Um, and as a DJ, I aspired to be someone that I wasn't really. Like, I looked at all of the bigger DJs that I know, whether it's the Steve Aoki's or Calvin Harris or, you know, like a lot of the EDM guys, and they're doing these big arenas and big shows playing EDM. But you never see, like, a black dude playing Stevie Wonder Facts. doing that. You Facts. know what I mean? Like, so when I say that people saved my life, it's like you gave me the freedom to be who I am. Mm. Like, I love a Stevie record the same way that I love a David Guetta song, mm. and I feel like you should be able to play these records together. And, like, I never had that freedom. Mm. You know, I was always, I always felt limited because it was about who was hiring me. And, like, now, when I say save my life, bro, like you gave, like the fans gave me the freedom to just be who I am. Mm. Is part of that freedom rooted in your ability to, to say no? Like jobs can come in and now you can say, yes, I want this job or no, I don't want to do that job at all. That is a, that's a, where, or maybe the better way to ask it is where's the freedom originate from? Like what is the core well, of the starts freedom? In, the core of the freedom starts from being able to play music the way that I hear it. Mm. You know, like, I can't pretend that I'm a DJ that's 23 years old. You know, I grew up in, you know, I was born in 1970, you know, like, which is crazy to, to still be here and to be more relevant than I've ever been in my career. But I was born in 70, man, so I'm 52 years old with, like, eight-year-old fans. But I can play what I want. And that is, that level of freedom doesn't, doesn't normally happen unless you are, you know, unless you are one of those bigger DJs and you're pretty much playing your own songs. Like, you don't really see, you don't typically see, like, open format DJs like myself with that type of freedom, mm. you know. So I feel like the the audience, the people that supported me and ha- that have been supporting me throughout my entire career, not even just the last two years, have always given me that freedom to, to be who I am. I just didn't recognize it. Mm. You know, I didn't recognize it because I was too busy chasing what I thought, you know, I thought other DJs we're doing and you know to be able to play Vegas or to be able to play you know um, any of these places you know and like you know in the last two years like I've had like an amazing career to be able to to be able to play what you love as a as opposed to being able to as opposed to just playing what you think people want to hear 
like I can truly be me, man. And that's what I've learned in the last two years, that being me is enough. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Being you is yeah. more than enough, brother. <laughs> it's more than enough. Is there anything specific you want to talk about in terms of what's happening in your career right now in this moment? No, no, I'll, okay. I'll answer whatever, man. Okay. You know, like, so then let's go here. I can talk a lot, bro. Yeah, keep, keep <laughs> going, keep going. Okay, so we're going to go here. Um, okay, so a big part of what you're talking about is your dreams in the past were set by what you could see, right? I saw yes. other DJs, and that became my dream. I didn't realize that that dream was not like my own dream and not core. In this world where you're no longer looking, is there anyone that you can look at to keep dreaming now? Or how are you powering your dreaming? How are you powering your visioning if you're not looking at other DJs? So the dream for me now is no longer about the things that I personally want to accomplish. It's now it's about the legacy. Now it's about like the younger person of color, like that younger DJ or, or the younger DJ or the younger you know, I'm more than a DJ, you know, you know, I'm a, you know, a program. I had a creative services agency for eight years where I built Alicia Keys' website to AT&T. Like, I was programming all of this stuff. Yeah, you're a tech guy. I'm a tech guy. That's what I love. But, like, now I feel comfortable say, saying that and sharing that with some kid where it's like, do there is no greater freedom in life than to be able to do what it is that you love, yeah, man. Nice. Like, you know, I'll share a story with you. You know, when I was, um, I was broke. This was after BDP, when nobody was clapping for me. Mm. You know, I started in hip hop at like 15 years old. By the time I was 23, I was considered old school. Nobody clapping by the time I was 23. Like, yo, what am I gonna do? Like, what am I gonna get a job? Like, you know, like I didn't go to college. I went from high school to making music and like having, finding early success. But then that success wasn't, I wasn't able to sustain it because Hip hop was kind of in its infancy, like we didn't know what it was. What and year is this? Just so this was like ninety one, ninety two, yeah. ninety two, really. Yeah. Going into ninety three, um, yeah, I didn't know. And by the time like ninety four, I had lost everything. You know, like lost everything. My car, my crib. I had to start all over, man. And and I had a choice to make. Like, yo, you can go out and get this job, or you pursue your passion. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that this is for everyone. Yeah. I tried to go out and get a job. It didn't work. What type of jobs were you looking at? Is this when you were doing tech I mean, it was very stuff? limited. No, this okay. was before Way tech. Before this tech. was, I mean, I didn't have a choice but to, to try to find, you know, work within the music business because that's where my skill set lied. You know what I mean? Like, I was a producer, so why not become an A&R? And the crazy thing was it was around the time where the music business became kind of, kind of like, like everyone was in their own little clique. Mm. You had the Death Row click, and you had yeah, yeah, Bad Boy click. Yeah. And I'm actually not saying this because this is, you know, part of his network. Yeah. But the only person that looked out for me was Puff. Mm. And Puff was the one that kind of put the battery in my back where it was like, well, Puff and Chris Lighty, but early on it was just Puff. Mm. Like, Puff would set up meetings with, like, record companies for me and walk me into them. Mm. Like, to be like, hey, you guys should believe in him. Like, I'm not making this up, man. None of, nothing ever came of it. Became of it like, but, like, that man actually walked me into those meetings on his own. And I wasn't signed to him. I never made a dollar for that man. You know what I mean? But he just believed. And, um, you know, but because of that, it just kept me, kept me feeling like I was inspired because I was like, man, if this... The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 
24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Dude, my guy, he's doing his thing, like, and we weren't even the best of friends like that, mm. you know? He was willing to look out. I was like, man, one day I got to be that type of person for someone younger than me, you know, and I never forgot that feeling. Mm. Like, that feeling was important, even though nothing came of it, but the feeling was important to know that someone who was already here thought enough of me to say, hey, bro, let me help you out. Mm. Like, I don't want anything. Let me help you. Mm. And walk me into it. So, like, when I played, like, um, like, the Oscars, you know, like, I played the Oscars, you know, I played the Vanity Fair party afterwards, I played the Governor's Ball, I played Gao Siri and Madonna's party all in one night. And the only thing that mattered to me was what DJ was I going to give this shot to, mm. to be able to put that on their resume? Because it's already mine now, yeah, and I didn't I need you. an opener. And I chose DJs, and I was like, yo, I'm going to use... I'll, and I actually chose all women DJs, to be honest with you. I was I mean, like... I, and I follow them now. Like, you put a lot yeah, of DJs, like, Sophia. Like, I, I follow a lot of them now. I was like, nah. I discovered three years. I was like, yo, somebody else needs to be able to have... To do for me... Or do, I need to do for them what Puff did for me or what Chris Lighty did for me yeah. by just co-signing. Yeah. A co-sign goes a long way, man. Like, so... That's my... Like, that's what keeps me inspired now. It's no longer, like, trying to accumulate things or... Right now, it's about, all right, what, what are you going to do for other people? Yes, de nice the platform, right? Yeah, true. Not just about the individual. Um, you dropped, like, a couple of things. You were a tech person. You were a part of Boogie Down Productions, KRS-One. You were, what else did you mention in here? You were a producer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were A&R. What are the jobs am I missing? I'm a father. Five. That's a serious job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, job. you know, um, I mean, that's pretty much it, man. Like, you know, between music, music, you know, photographer. Obviously, I've done. I was a feature photographer on America's Next Top Model. I, you know, I shot campaigns for Reebok to. Are you still shooting or no? More on the personal side, yeah. man. Yeah, no, you, no campaigns, man. You just shoot for the love. I shoot for the love. Right, right, right. You don't want a paycheck. I never take a paycheck for shooting. I think there are some passions that you have to keep outside of economics because if you pull economics into it, it ruins the passion. So for me, I like I never want to check for photography. The crazy thing is I didn't grow up wanting to be a photographer. Mm-hmm. I was I was being photographed. They had this Double um, XL magazine had this photo shoot called a great. It was a they were recreating the Great Day in Harlem mm-hmm. with like from all yeah, of the jazz yeah, artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were doing it with all hip-hop artists. Okay. And the photographer was Gordon Parks. And I watched a man who, at the time, I think he transitioned when he was, like, 92. So he's probably in his, like, early 80s. Like, and to watch a man load a film back, like, and to still be passionate about his craft, about what he did for decades, to still be in a position to be like, yo, he's loading film in his hassy, and he started photographing us, and he was smiling. I was like, man, one day when I'm that old, I want to be passionate about whatever it is that, that I do, mm. you know. And I feel that way about my life now, man. Like, you know, I can always play me. I, I won't be doing shows, but, like, I can always sit in my living room and pull a record out and play a song mm. and feel happy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and it will mm-hmm. take me to a place. I can always pick up my cameras and take a picture of someone, and it will make me happy, man. And it goes back to a story I wanted to share about my uncle, you know, when my uncle was... Um, you know, when I was saying those days when I was struggling and trying to figure out life, 
I called my uncle and, you know, I had no real father figures or male figures in my life. It was just pretty much like me growing up with like my great grandmother and, and I called my uncle up and um, my great uncle on top of that. And I told him what my desires were. I was like, man, you know, I just want to like one day like open up a record company and like start my own thing. And I just don't know what to do. And he said, um, he told me the story about him being in a position to play in the Negro Leagues. He was friends with, like, Jackie Robinson, and he was, you know, he played baseball just as well. And they were playing, you know, about to go into the Negro Leagues. And then my aunt, you know, he and my aunt ended up having a child, and he couldn't, he had to make a choice between following his passion or taking care of his family. And he chose to take care of his family. He was like, you never want to live a life of regrets of not knowing what that other thing could be like had you followed your passion. Mm. No one ever said that to me, ever, and those words never left me. Mm. And I always follow what I'm passionate about. And, and if it ends up making money, then cool. But when my life is over, I know I will have no regrets. I did everything that I wanted to do. When did you know that you were in love with music? Can you remember oh, I that? I fell in love, yeah, I remember exactly <laughs> the moment that I, um, well, there were a couple of moments. Falling in love with music, I was about seven years old. I used to live with my, my great aunt, and um, and I would, I, you know, I would always slept in the living rooms. Like, you know, she had a one bedroom apartment. Like, we always slept. My cousin, um, he was in the group with me as well, McBoo. We slept in the living room of my aunt's apartment, and she had like all of these records, and like just kind of like old school, leaning up against the wall, just a stack of records and. The first record was always like this Diana Ross album. I think it was called Diana, mm. where she was sitting on the floor. I remember the whole thing. She was sitting on the floor. She had these big eyes, short haircut, and it was a black and white photograph. Okay. And I used to just go through those records, and my aunt would never let me play the records. Mm. And in there, she always had like Teddy Pendergrass, Melba Moore, which is so crazy to me that Melba, and if I go on Instagram Live right now, Melba Moore is in there every day. Okay. <laughs> and like, so that's what, when I see her name on my IG Live, when I shout her out, like people Most used to always be like, yo, you're shouting out all these people. I'm literally shouting out people that I just admire, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. that are taking the time to come and hang out with me. Mm. Like, you know, it's not easy listening to music on the phone, just walking around reading comments. Like for someone to just do that, that's, that's beautiful. But that's the moment when I fell in, um, fell in love with music. Mm. I fell in love with hip hop when I was, it was early 80s. Um, and I was living on, um, I was living in the Bronx on, on uh, College Avenue. See it in this this house, and they used to play this Curtis Blow record, The Breaks, all the time. Mm. And then when I finally saw a picture of Curtis Blow, you know he had no shirt on, he had the chains, so that's why I still like kind of rocking. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna take my shirt off. Okay. Like, that's why I like wearing a little. I feel like Curtis Blow every now and then. But that's when I fell in love with hip hop, man. So you're at the beginning of hip hop. Like this is, to your point, this is before hip hop pops, right? Did you know or believe back then when you were getting into the business that this was something that would be a global phenomenon? Did you believe that hip hop, because a lot of people back then were saying yeah. it was gonna be a fad, right? This thing was gonna come in and die. You know, you had NAA, Ice Cube, Ice-T coming out. It was um, contentious with the type of lyrics that were out, right? People wanted it to die. Did you believe that hip hop would survive and be, become this global phenomenon? Well. Well, one, we weren't, we weren't a part of, we were still in this infancy, but we weren't in the beginning of it. So, like, right. that credit would go 70s. to Cool Herx. Yeah, and, of, course, of course. You know, I think we were, like, a generation after, or maybe two, to be honest with you, because even after the Cool Herx and Grandmaster Flash, then you had, like, the LL Cool J, Run DMC, Run DMC Houdini era. 
And then you had yeah. Rakim, KRS, BDP, my crew, yeah. obviously, and, you know, Public Enemy, you know, you had that generation, yeah. which, you know, they kind of considered like the golden era. That's, mm-hmm. you know, the De La Souls and like mm-hmm. Big Daddy Kane. So we were part of that group, that class. Um, and then at that point, like, well, I don't think we were even thinking about how long it would last, mm-hmm. you know, like, we were really just having fun. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all that mattered. That's the Will Smith days. Like, we all were just, we, and everyone at that point started, that's the beauty of, like, that generation and not, not knocking this era of music because I still, I love Lil Baby. I listen to everything, man. But in that generation, man, we were finding, we were all trying to just be different. We didn't rap the same. Everybody had their own audience. Like, you can hear the difference between D-Nice and Special Facts. Ed and Kwame. Facts. Like, we were all just different. Facts. Like our flow, di- our flows were different. The way we dressed, everything was different, yeah. you know. And 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 we just had fun doing it, you know. Now it's a global business. Yeah, I mean it's you know, the biggest thing in the music business Period. is hip hop, you know. And um, must listen to music um, across the globe. It's beautiful to see, to be honest with you, because those days were were very humbling, man. Like mm-hmm. we made records, we made records on like. South Bronx, one of our biggest records, the first record, the introduction record to our career, was made in someone's house, like on like an eight track, mm. you know, or like EPMD, the first entire EPMD album, the first two albums, the entire album is on one twenty-four track. Okay. And we really think about one reel. Well, this is pre Pro an Tools and all of that, right, right. but to fit an entire, an entire album. album that means that you use like four tracks and you like we were just like creating this stuff, like all of us, man, and like and we really enjoyed it. Like and to see what our contributions, you know, in the generation before us and the generation before them, and then also the artists that we sampled to know that the music was able to live long and live on. It's beautiful, man. Like to see what was created and now to see you know, to see younger, like to see the younger generation doing well financially, that's kind of what was missing from us back then. And then now see it, to see it was all possible, it's, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. Man, well, look. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Um, we are running out of time, so I got to close this down. But, brother, I want to close by saying um, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for your impact to the culture. You can go back to the 80s and the 90s. I am grateful for your impact today for the work that you're doing. Like you said, um, the work that you did at the beginning of, of, of quarantine saved a lot of people's lives, you know what I mean? Like you were one of the biggest conversations that anybody was having back then because you were doing so much for all of us, feeding all of us. And so I have respect for you on that level, but brother, more than that, I just have respect for you as a brother and as a king, as a father to beautiful, beautiful children. Um, look, man, I just thank the world of you. So thank you for stopping by. Thank you for coming. We're going to have to do it again. Yes. Uh, but thank you for making the time, King. Uh, my guy, man. Uh, thank you, man. Yeah, respect. Appreciate it, man. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. 
keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Lowe's knows how to get your lawn ready for spring. And right now, you can get up to $20 off select Scott's Triple Action Fertilizer. Plus, get a Cobalt 40-volt 15-inch string trimmer or leaf blower. Your choice, $149, only at Lowe's. Get set for spring. Visit us in-store or online today. Because Lowe's knows home improvement. Valid 3 9 through 322. Selection varies by location. While supplies last, excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Take your business further with the American Express Business Gold Card. Now smarter and more flexible. It's packed with enhanced benefits that are built for your business. All with the powerful backing of Amex. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.